0: Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Night, the third book in the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpak. CHAPTER Seven, SILVER Katie turned to head back into the plantation home when the pile of luggage caught her eye. Pausing, she came to the large bag with the silver ore. Opening the package, she peered inside. She picked up a small metal piece. She felt an electric shock run through her system. She immediately dropped it. David, she asked with her thoughts, could you come out front for a minute? Looking up, she could see David in the doorway, walking quickly in her direction. She picked up the piece of metal. Once again, she felt the electrical shock. What is it? he said. Here, hold this, Katie said. David grabbed the silver. What? You don't feel anything when you touch it? Katie asked in surprise. "No." he replied. I get some kind of an electric shock when I touch it, Katie explained. What kind of electric shock? David asked, obviously intrigued. Not a big one, Katie tried to explain. Remember when you told me to touch my tongue to a nine-volt battery? You're never going to forget that, are you? David said, grinning. Hey, it freaked me out, Katie said dramatically. Anyway, it sort of feels like that." There's a constant shock going through my system. What happens if you touch a larger one? David asked. I'm not sure I want to try it, Katie said. If it looks like you're getting electrocuted, I'll pull you away, David said. You're kidding me, right? she asked. We have to know, David pointed out in a reasonable voice. Just reach over and touch a big one. Katie looked at one of the large pieces. What's the matter? David asked. The great white wolf afraid of a chunk of metal? Katie glared at him. He gave her a wink. Just touch it, he said persuasively. That was the exact words you used for the nine-volt battery, Katie said dryly. He gave her a charming smile she always adored. Here, I'll touch it first. He reached out, grabbing the largest piece. He immediately began shaking. Katie jumped up, pushing him away. She grabbed the object and hurled it away. She felt a much larger zap for a split second before it left her hand. Turning back to David, she frantically tried to see if he was okay, only to find him lying on the ground, laughing hysterically. She wanted to punch him. You are the most gullible person I have ever met, David said through his laughter. I can get you to do anything. Reaching down, she followed through with her desires. She punched him. David reached up, blocking her wrist. Twisting his hips, he swung his leg around, knocking her legs, unbalancing her. She landed on top of him. He kept laughing as she continued to try and give some kind of blow. She was too close to him for her blows to have any effect. Lowering her head, She rested her forehead on his chest. I'll get you for this, she muttered. Maybe the two of you need to get a room, a voice said above them. Katie looked up in surprise. Everyone was outside, watching them with various degrees of astonishment. She quickly rolled off David. David got off the ground, the grin never leaving his face. He reached down, offering Katie his hand. Don't look so embarrassed, he said, with his thoughts privately. We were not doing anything wrong. I know, Katie replied. If you know, then get that guilty look off your face, David instructed with his thoughts. Shut up, she snapped back. This made him laugh. Katie cleared her throat. Do you guys handle this? She gestured towards the oar. Silver? What do you mean by handle? Kat asked. You know, touch it a lot, Katie tried to explain. Yes, we handle it all the time, Megan said quickly. We dig it out of the cave, we heat it until it's pliable, we hammer out its shape, and then sharpen the edges. None of you had any side effects when you touch it, Katie asked. No, none whatsoever, Megan said. Why? Katie shook her head. I was just wondering, that's all. She felt Tyler enter her mind. She gave him a quick look, letting him know she knew he was there. David gave her a searching look. Why don't you trust these pure hearts, Katie? He asked with his thoughts. I don't know, Katie said with hers. Maybe it's because they didn't really come to help. Or it could be because they're so damned arrogant. Or I could be totally screwed up and my loyalties are changing. David shook his head. I will never question your loyalty again, Katie. Ever. I agree with David, Tyler said with his thoughts. Katie gave them both an appreciative glance. Everyone was looking at them, obviously waiting for an explanation. Could you guys take these California pure hearts somewhere and assess their skills? All four guys immediately nodded, their grins contagious. I don't deal with little people, Kat said. Why? Katie shot back. You're a little wolf. She could see the guys immediately deflate. I'm sure the other girls are nicer, she said to them with her thoughts. I am the great white wolf. Cat's voice shook with her anger. I demand respect. Tyler covered his mouth with his hand, clearly enjoying himself. No. You are a lieutenant or maybe a captain, Katie's voice trailed off. To be great, you have to be, oh, I don't know, bigger. Cat puffed out her chest. I am the great. It took less than a second to change and pounce on the girl. I am the great white wolf, she screamed with her thoughts. Do you see the difference? Do you see why they would call my size great? In another second, she was back into human form her clothes back on her body, she folded her arms. Kat dissolved into tears. Guys, get them out of my sight, she instructed. Oh, and by the way, Katie decided to inform them, none of the people under me are little people. These guys are my top fighters. You will show them the respect they deserve. Everyone in the group turned to go back into the plantation house, except for Forrest. Katie's eyes rested on him. She recognized the look in his features all too well. It was the same look Lizzie had given her before she had turned into an enticer. The animosity rolling towards her was a tangible force she could feel. I see your hatred, old man, Katie said with her thoughts. I'm watching you. You don't have to treat one of your own like that, Forrest said, his voice like steel. You don't take away their dignity. Cat was determined to put me in my place the moment she heard about me, Katie said quietly. She is the one who thought she was better than everyone else. She was the one who demanded not to deal with little people. She was the one who demanded respect when she gave none in return. We came here to help you, he said. No, you came here... "'to find out why I could contact you "'before we were wiped off the face of the planet,' Katie emphasized. "'So now you know. "'You can hear me because I am the great white wolf. "'Like it or not, I am your leader.' "'With that last statement, she thought of Tyler "'and teleported Forrest to him. "'She watched the old man disappear. "'Tyler?' she called with her thoughts. "'Yes, ma'am,' Tyler replied. "'Did Forrest just appear next to you?' Katie asked. "'Yes, ma'am,' he responded. "'Huh,' she said out loud. "'What?' David asked cautiously. "'When I've been teleporting things, I've been picturing a place like a room or a cage,' Katie explained. "'Just now, I pictured Tyler and sent Forrest there, and he arrived safe and sound.' "'Let me get this right,' David said. You don't have to know where the person is, just the person, and you can send those items and people? Yeah. That's pretty cool, David said. When can you teach me? Maybe after this big fight, Katie said. If we survive. David walked over to the large piece of silver, picking it up. What happened when you touched it? I got a much bigger shock, Katie said. How much of a shock? David asked. It didn't knock me off my feet but it was strong enough for me to want to make it stop, she explained. You only had it for a second, David said. I wonder what would happen if he held on to it. Katie shook her head. I'm not going to find out. It wasn't pleasant. I didn't feel anything, David said. He tossed it in the air and caught it. Katie knew what was coming. She waited patiently for David to throw it in the air a couple more times, then casually throw it in her direction, she stopped the object in midair and made it drop to the ground. I can make you do anything, Katie mimicked David. You are so gullible. David grinned. It was worth a try. She reached down, grabbing the smaller piece. The small electrical current raced through her body. The only difference between you and me, she said, thinking out loud, I'm a guy and you're a girl, David guessed. Katie smiled, No. I'm Navajo and you're Cherokee, he guessed again. No, Katie said. I'm a tiger and you're a wolf? he asked. I have been bitten by a robot wolf and you haven't, Katie decided to finish her thought. David paused, the speculation evident on his face. I think we need to conduct some experiments, Katie said with a grin. David reached down, grabbing pieces of ore, shoving them in his pockets. It's a good thing Kevin hasn't killed the other sleepers. You know about that? Katie asked. Apparently, everyone thinks I'm in charge and need to know everything about everyone, David pointed out. It's quite annoying. Ah, you poor baby, Katie said dramatically. Just wait when we're out west and you're in charge, David pointed out. Then I get to sit back and be second in command while you take the lead. You honestly think that will happen, Katie asked? Absolutely, David said. Thank you for listening to The Night, the third book in the Appalachian Storm series.